Welcome back. How's it going, everyone? Hope everyone is doing very well. Let's get in position here. Um, so this is a, another one of the podcasts about the films and TV I watched in the past month. So for the month of July, uh, the second episode uh, last month was June. So hopefully, uh, if you watched that, uh, let me know your thoughts. And if you watch any of those films, let me know your thoughts on those. Um, same with this month, I guess. If you watch any of these, if you've got any recommendations or anything you've watched in the past month, let me know. Um, I'll see if I can get around to watching it. Um, I mean, I think at the end of the last episode, I was saying I'm going to reduce watching stuff during the week days where I'm revising, but um, I kind of got a dog. Well, it wasn't like a obviously in person dog, it was um, over the internet. It's like a remote uh, job, so I just decided to forget that and just actually watch stuff during the week. Um, and just as in the past month, it's pretty much just whatever that I could start have like a list of films that I want to watch on my phone, just collected over the years. Um, and BBC App has got a bunch of stuff that they've got coming out. I don't know if it's just because of the coronavirus, but um. Or they have it all the time, but I don't know. I've just never decided to look there um, until now. But um, they've got some really good stuff on there, so hopefully you like some of these. You like the hearing about some of these, and you go watch them. And if you've seen them, let me know your thoughts. Uh, and by the way, I'm Mohammed Loga, a student, a medical student uh, in Leicester at the moment. Um, so yeah, these are the films and TV that I watched in the past month of July 2020. Uh, so first of all, started off with a film called Philomena. So it's 2013. Uh, I guess on Google they characterise it as a drama comedy. Um, main characters are Philomena. That's her full name. She's um, Irish. Uh, an old Irish lady played by Judy Dench. I think she's called Dame Judy Dance now, isn't she? Um, anyway, she's from Ireland and she, I guess, grows up in a like a Christian convent church kind of thing. Uh, and then she has a baby. Um, but obviously you're a nun. You're all in the convent and they become, in, they, uh, not teach them, but whatever the word is, they, they're going to become nuns in the future. So obviously you can't have like relationships or anything, so... Uh, she got pregnant um, one day and she obviously had a kid um, and this convent is actually a bit more sinister and they actually take the kids away and they basically, the mothers don't see them ever again um, and that's pretty much what that is. So Philomena, uh, she guess, guess loses her child and then we come to whatever year it was whenever she found child it says 50 years so I guess 2002 I guess uh, and I think it's actually like a kind of a true story as well uh, it's based on a 2009 book called The Lost Child of Philomena Lee um, by the journalist Martin Sixsmith so Martin Sixsmith in the film was played by Steve Coogan See, everyone knows him from it's like Alan Partridge uh, and that kind of a thing um, so he's a journalist he hears about the story and they go off and try to find her son um, who she hasn't seen for 50, for 50 years 
um, and it takes it back to Ireland to wherever she was um, and ends up in America and um, it's quite an interesting film actually it's quite it's got the British humor um, going for it uh, a little bit of quirkiness British quirkiness um, Philomena's obviously she was like raised as a nun or like in the Christian religion so she was quite religious and Steve Coogan's character Marty Smith is like a journalist and he like he's not immoral but he, he, he doesn't have any morals and it's like is he doing it for the sake of having a story and having an interesting story or is he doing it because he actually wants to find someone's orphan child uh, and to help her or is he doing it just for the money and to get himself a nice story uh, so they've got that little bit of a back and forth going there's, I think there's one situation that comes to mind where they're in I think it's DC and obviously they're in a hotel and they've got their buffet situation for breakfast um, and he just treats everyone not rudely but he just wants to be left alone and he doesn't want to be asked by the waitress oh do you want coffee or do you want eggs or do you want toast and he's like it's a buffet I can I'll go get it if I want to get it just leave me alone and Philomena's like you don't have to be rude to everyone uh, she goes around everywhere and she just talks to everyone about where she's from about them um, and she's very she's just, she's just very chatty with everyone else um, so it's, it's interesting to see the uh, the differences between them parallels between them um, directed by Stephen Frears it looks quite good uh, it actually got quite a few nominations and awards as well uh, maybe, maybe some Oscars I think um, overall yeah highly recommend I'm giving it um, a rating out of 10 probably just doing like a seven, like 7 slightly 7 maybe even 8 maybe even an 8 let's say 7.5 um, so that's the first film done and so I think the next day I watched The Hurt Locker 2008 uh, war film set in Iraq by Catherine Bigelow became the first female director to actually win best director Oscar quite a big milestone that's the word it's actually kind of mad um, written by Mark Bowles you've got Jeremy Renner who's one of the main characters you've got Anthony Mackie obviously from the Avengers um, you've got Ray Fiennes uh, who plays like a British and I can't know what he is like a British soldier or something um, so they're in they're in Iraq and they the, they're like the bomb disposal team of the American army and so it starts off with Anthony Mackie and I think his partner is played by Brian Gilotti don't really know don't really know if I'm pronouncing that correctly but um so there's usually three of them um, as like the bomb disposal squad. Uh, I don't think this is a spoiler because it happens quite early on, but they essentially lose their their bomb disposal guy at the start. So Jeremy Renner comes in uh, and he's like very different. He just, he's not gung-ho, but um, kind of just gets stuck into the situation and just goes for it. And he's pretty much like a badass. He just, what's the, what's the word when you enter? Not undo a bomb. I'm trying to think of what the word is now. Um, diffuse. When he diffuses bombs, he does them. He's quite good at it. Um, and he like 
seems to enjoy it and seems to enjoy like the challenge of like figuring out oh like which wire is the one to cut and where is this bone coming from and what type is it um it's quite interesting very very interesting film they obviously done very very well um it's shot great very 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 well um got a lot of handheld shots so obviously it's quite a stressful film to watch uh, and the action and like anxiety is like 10 up to 10 um all the way um like at any point in time you can get insurgents coming from nowhere and they're going to be under attack um, but the way that Jeremy Renner's character deals with it is quite good um, and yeah I think I don't think there's much else to say about the film it sounds great it looks great um, just googled it again nine academy awards won six best picture best director best original screenplay it's pretty pretty good film to be honest with you um, Highly recommend that. If I had to give it that, I'd probably say an eight out of ten. Um, it's interesting. I think okay, the film doesn't really have much of an ending to it, but it's just an interesting film to see uh, those couple of months that they have, um, and to contrast Anthony Mackie and their partner with Jeremy Renner. Jeremy Renner seems to like enjoy himself there and enjoy like the adrenaline and getting into difficult situations whereas Anthony Mackie and the other character they just want to they literally just want to leave um, and they're counting down the days to leave but he just I don't know for some reason wants to keep going back um, but yeah I think that's all I have to say for this one okay so the next film that I watched was a film called 99 Homes um, 2014 American drama film Stars Andrew Garfield, played Amazing Spider-Man, and a bunch of other stuff. Um, Michael Shannon and Laura Dern. Uh, so it's set in America, in I think Florida. Uh, it's like the what's it called, the recession time or something. Um, and Michael Shannon essentially he played Rick Carver. So he's like a businessman. Um, you start off the film with him being at someone's house, and I think the person whose house it was has passed away. Um, like shot themselves in I'm not sh- is the person who owns the house or is a tenant so basically with this film there's a lot of like terminology which is around this recession which I just don't understand it's about like property values and valuations and renting so um, Michael Shannon's character Rick Carver goes to repossess Andrew Garfield's character Dennis Dennis's house so his, him his mom played Laura Dern and his kid Connor have to leave the house um, because he hasn't he hasn't paid his payments uh, because he left he l- he lost his job because of the recession so he's lost his house um, and he ends up working for Rick Carver Michael Shannon's character um, and he their business is essentially just ripping off people and using a whole bunch of like legal loopholes uh, and Obviously, Dennis slash Andrew Goff's character has been in that situation, um, and he actually he's been in the situation of losing his house, and he is working for someone who he has to go up to people's houses, people, and essentially rob them and move them away from their own homes. Um, and it centers around this 99 homes, which is like a big deal for them. They're going to make this massive deal, uh, and then they're going to be rich and whatever. They're going to be serious businessmen. 
and yeah it's quite an interesting film directed by Ramin Bahrani and written by him as well um, it's quite good quite suspenseful uh, released 2014 I don't think I mentioned that um, well, overall yeah quite a good film Andrew Garfield really great in this I mean Amazing Spider-Man no but actually does really well playing a character who's just kind of out of his depth uh, doesn't really fit in with this business lots of money world but he is trying to come kind of start it from the bottom and he wants to get get to the top um, and it's just it's an interesting film to watch I reckon um, probably give that a 7 out of 10. Okay, after that we've got a pretty, pretty big gap between the next, this that one and the next, the next film, which is um, On Tuzzle Beach, uh, 2017 British drama film, stars Saoirse Ronan, um, who plays Florence, and Billy Howell, who plays Edward. Uh, so they're, they're newlyweds, um, I think, they're going for their honeymoon essentially on Chuzzle Beach. I think their hotel must be near Chuzzle Beach. Um, you don't really see the name, but I'm assuming that's pretty much it. Uh, so it came out 2017, directed by Dominic Cook. His directorial debut, written by Ian McEwan, uh, adapted by from his own book, um, 2007. That came out 2007 and won some prizes. Um, so it just goes through essentially their relationship and their first night together. Uh, set in, I can't find the information on this, but I'm thinking of 1950s, 60s maybe, um, could be in the 70s, but it's set in quite a few years ago, and it goes through their first night together, uh, and, and it kind of flashes back between certain events that may have happened in their past. Essentially, the film it looks really great. Um, got a great soundtrack, um, and essentially chronicles their story as a couple. Um, Saoirse Ronan's Florence is more of a upper class person, and Billy Howell, um, his character Edward, um, they essentially meet at the start when he's got a first class degree in history, I think, from Oxford, one of or whatever, or was it London, UCL. Um, one of the big unis, I guess. Obviously nowadays, I don't think it's really a big issue, but back then, it was like a big deal to get a uni from, to get a degree from a specific uni and for history as well. He's gonna do big things essentially. Um, and he's always, you always find him with a book as well, which is one of the reasons, I guess, Sessionwell's character likes him. And then they essentially stumble into each other because um, everyone in his family, when he's at home and he gets the letter of his degree, like his younger sisters are like, okay, we're not really bothered that you got first degree well done for you um, and he just wants to celebrate with someone um, and just tell them that he's got a first degree and then they kind of meet and they go off and um, start the relationship I guess um, and then they essentially get married um, and then this experience uh, that they have on their first night together um, and everything that comes after that um, Quite an interesting film, obviously quite intimate, uh, talking about some, maybe some serious issues. Um, but yeah, it looks great, cinematography by Sean Bobbitt, uh, and it's actually quite done well, because 
um, he sent it on that night um, that they got married uh, but it kind of flashes back towards relevant things that have happened so um, I guess went with their second date and then him then meeting each other's parents um, and getting to know each other's families and getting to know each other uh, and so Florence's character she's essentially um, she's a musician and she wants to play at this big opera house uh, she's worked there but not actually played there um, as an act um, as a musician so she, that's her like big dream um, and kind of see how that night affects their lives uh, and it's quite an emotional film quite a sad film to be honest um, it's not the most like upbeat film you'll ever watch um, like I said it looks great and Saoirse Oren's pretty much all is great to be honest with you but yeah uh, have a watch uh, if I get that categories out and number out of 10 I'd probably say not stronger than as the others probably at 6 so it wasn't bad um, probably wouldn't really choose to watch that again. Okay, so the day after that, I think I watched a film called The Lady in the Van. So it's 2015, uh, British comedy drama film uh, starring Maggie Smith. I think she's called Dame Maggie Smith. She plays a character called Miss Shepherd, and Alex Rennings, who plays um, a couple of twin brothers called Alan Bennett um, and not what the other one's called, to be honest. To be honest, Alan and Alex, maybe? I can't even remember. There's one that's a main one, and there's one that's a, another one that just sits in the house and does the writing. So essentially, Alan Bennett is a playwright. He's actually based on his memoir, um, based on a memoir of the same name created by Alan Bennett, and he's also published it as an essay, as a book, as a play, radio play, um, and... Yeah, I think uh, Maggie Smith also was in the stage play as well. So they, they've obviously made it into a, a film now that came out in 2015. Um, really good film, I really liked it. It's got that British, that Britishness to it, British quirkiness to it. Um, so I think it's centered around the late 90s. Um, essentially, Maggie Smith's character, Miss Shepherd, um, she's she's she is the lady in the van, uh, and she ends up living on Alan Bennett's. Um, so he's got a driveway in, in front of his flat in Covent Garden, I think, or in one of the nice areas of London. Um, so she's kind of this mysterious character, and she just uh, she essentially just picks the house usually to um, pitch her van outside. Um, but they've obviously started putting double yellow lines everywhere. Um, this was before that she just used to park wherever, but now they've got double yellow lines, so she has to essentially find somewhere to park it. Um, and Alan Bennett's character and his brother has just moved in so I wouldn't say she takes advantage of him but kind of takes advantage of his being so nice and open and she just parks the van on top of there and essentially she is a resident of that and there's like a whole legal thing about that as well um, but it's more about the actual lady in the van and where she, who, where, where she come from like why does she live in a van um, does she have any family like what's the whole situation um she starts off in like a random old van um and actually the film starts off with you don't hear it it's just black and you hear a crash and you see her um 
I guess, on the run from a police officer, um, and then she just leaves, and then you see her in the van, so something gone on there in her past, maybe, so, and then she actually somehow gets a new van from some Christian association or something, because she's quite religious as well, uh, and it's quite, it's quite a funny film, uh, it's got a lot of British humour, I guess, um, it looks great, it sounds great, um, and, yeah, Dame Maggie Smith, just a great actress, I think I've only seen her as Professor McGonagall in the Harry Potter series, but it's good to see her doing something um, different than what I'm usually into. Um, yeah, it's a really good film. Edited by Tariq Anwar. There are a bunch of other films as well among them. King's Speech, cinematography by Andrew Dunn. It looks great. Um, and I saw like the tagline was, The Lady Arrives, The Lady Charms, and The Lady Stays. So, obviously she, she ends up being this really old lady and kind of Alan Bennett's character takes care of her and it's interesting to see his internal monologue and him talking to his his brother um, about I think one time he says oh, I'm not caring for her I don't care about her um, I'm just kind of just there for her she just lives on my diary uh, and he's kind of delusional about that for himself um, but yeah otherwise really good film probably give that an 8 out of 10 it's really good um, really uplifting um, charming little film yeah. directed by Nicholas Heitner quite good uh, highly recommend having a look at that also kind of um, this was kind of a way in towards Anna Bennett's other kind of works too which I may or may not have seen later, in this, later on in the month so yeah uh, so I think after a couple of days I watched Borg vs Macro this 2017 Biographical, autobiographical, uh, sports drama film that centers on the rivalry between uh, Borgwas and Macron at the 1980 Wimbledon. Um, so I'm sure if anybody is into uh, sports, they must have heard of Borg and Macron. Uh, Bjorn Borg is the like current world champion. He's won like the past four world championships before before the 1980s, and he's he wants to become like I think one of the first to ever win five in a row and John McEnroe is pretty much his complete opposite so Bjorn Borg is I think he's Finnish or Norwegian or Swedish Swedish one of the Scandinavian so he's got this like cool calm chill very precise personality um, he has to like stay at the same hotel the same car same room in the hotel um, apparently puts his AC at super on a super cold temperature and he's very, very particular and very precise. And John McEnroe is pretty much his, not arch nemesis, but he's his complete opposite. He's this American who is very loud, very brash. Uh, he just goes out all the time. He doesn't really, he's not really bothered about his nutrition, but he's got this raw talent that he's got there. And maybe he can get under Bjorn Borg's skin. Uh, and maybe he can see if Bjorn Borg is actually like. Is he bottling everything up, or and maybe he can, maybe he's gonna burst at some point, um, and they'll, everyone calls Bjorn Borg a machine, uh, whereas Bjorn Macaron just this, just this kid who's who gets annoyed at people, who swears at everyone, uh, not everyone, but from time to time, I think pretty much everyone's seen the 
the, the famous you cannot be serious call um, which is which happened in Wimbledon I think in that Wimbledon championships um, and it's, it's done quite well it's quite dramatic um, I think it's I'm, I'm not sure uh, tennis is actually a good sport to actually um, show uh, and to make dramatic um, but I guess I'm interested to, to see or to hear anyone who's who didn't really watch tennis um, to see if they actually understood it and got into it but yeah uh, directed by Janus Metz-Pedersen hopefully I said that right screenplay by Ronnie Sandow um, you've got Shia LaBeouf who plays John McEnroe Shia LaBeouf's hit and miss but does really well um, can I play Bjorn Borg oh my god I'm going to say this butcher this it's very good listen um, Stellan Skarsgård who you might, uh, people might know from the Thor uh, films plays the old scientist uh, he plays Sh- um, Bjorn Borg's trainer and there's a couple of other people in there cinematography by Niels Fastum film looks great honestly um, and yeah I'd probably say highly recommend I'd probably say that's a 7 out of 10 um, yeah let me know your thoughts so the next one we're talking about is The History Boys so 2016 British comedy drama talked about Alan Bennett's the, la- uh, the Lady in the Van this is another one of his uh, plays about the same name they've got a bunch of people who's similar so again directed by Nicholas Heitner also did the other, other film so I think the people who were in this film were also the ones who were in the, in the play centres around I think 1980s Sheffield so a bunch of boys who have I don't know if they're in like a grammar school or a normal state school uh, but essentially they're in school they, they've got their A-levels and they want to apply for um, either Oxford or Cambridge for history obviously it's quite prestigious so they need a bit of extra help rather than what they normally get from their teachers so uh, the head teacher brings in Stephen Campbell Stephen Campbell more as Erwin um, to get them up to speed with how to write essays and how to do well and get into Cambridge because he, he went there so um, obviously it's quite an ensemble cast so I can't talk about these guys uh, Richard Griffiths who people might recognise from Harry Potter he plays Ben Dursley plays Hector the English and general studies teacher uh, and he's quite a funny character um, they essentially just court films and plays and poems with him and they just have a good time there in his lesson um, and he's kind of he's kind of the anti uh, Erwin who's the Cambridge teacher and Hector's is the till teacher where they learn about stuff that quote unquote doesn't really matter um, you've got the head teacher who's a bit, a bit weird uh, and Francis Delator who people might recognise from Harry Potter again Madame Maxine uh, and she's also in, in The Lady in the Van she plays a history a te- a history teacher and the deputy head teacher. Uh, some of the students who are the history boys, there's one, it's about seven ish of them. Uh, you've got Samuel Anderson as Chris, Samuel Barner as David Posner. Um, David Posner's, I guess it's 1980s, I can't really talk about it, but um, he thinks he's homosexual and he thinks it's, oh, he wants to know, is it like a phase? What's going on? Is this who he is? Um, Dominic Cooper is probably the most well-known out of all of them, plays Dakin. Um, he's going out with the like, secretary, uh, Fiona, in, in the school. People recognise him from as Howard Stark in Avengers. 
Um, he's also in Lady in the Van. Uh, James Corden, probably the other most well-known out of all of them. Plays Tony. Uh, Sacha Darwin. Um, people might know from Doctor Who. He plays the Master in the most recent series. Uh, Andrew Knott as Jimmy. Russell Tovey, people might know from Mindhorn. I think he's in Black Mirror as well, but I couldn't really find which episode he was in. Um, he plays Rudge. Uh, he's kind of the... He's kind of the anomaly in the group in that he's... I'm not saying he's not smart, but um, he's a bit of more of a simple man. Uh, and I think they're having, a, they're, having a talk, they're having a chat before they go for the interview and he's just like, oh, I'm not going to pretend like I like them. If I don't effing like them, then I don't effing like them. Um, and he's just really just himself. Uh, bit of a funny character. Uh, and Jamie Parker plays Donnie. So he's a bit difficult trying to keep up with everyone and all the situations and who's who and what their motivations and everything is but it's it got a lot of British films that I watched in July and this is a very very British film so it's set in like I said Yorkshire and you've got people from all sorts of backgrounds you've got Asian you've got I guess most of them are white and there's one Asian person in there a couple of Asian people in there um but yeah it's a good film. It's quite funny, actually. Um, and it was done quite well. I think Alan Bennett's work is alright. Um, so I'd probably say like an 8 out of 10. The music was pretty good in it. Um, acting was pretty, pretty well done. Um, and yeah, pretty weird. Um, because essentially, Owen, who plays the teacher that comes in to tell them how to get into Cambridge, he's like, okay, so you apparently their essays are all boring even though they get A's and A stars um, so he's like you've got to be different you've got to somehow uh, excuse Hitler for, for being the worst like dictator ever um, and try to get on his side for some weird reason because that's going to get the pe- person who reads the who reads the essay going to get their attention instead of talking about things that are boring um, and they have quite an interesting conversation about the Holocaust should we teach the Holocaust should it be something that is taught should we go to Auschwitz? Is that like a place where people should go and have like a gift shop and a cafe and take pictures? Is that is that what should happen? Um, yeah, it's a really interesting film. It's kind of a fun film as well. It's quite good. Yeah, so we're coming towards the tail end now, last couple of films. Um, I watched Rush, the 2013, another biographical sports film. Uh, it centers on the James Hunt, Nicky Lauda rivalry. So they are two Formula One drivers. Um, James Hunt plays by Chris Hemsworth. He's British, as everyone knows him as Thor. Um, you've also got Daniel Brew, who plays Nicky Lauda. Um, you might need, you might recognize it from Avengers: Civil War, so he plays the the villain in that. Um, so they've got their rivalry. They start off at the lower divisions, and then they end up um, they ends up culminating in this uh, face-off. Uh, race in Nürburgring which is they call it's called in the film the racetrack of death or something like that because it's notoriously a bad film a bad bad film a bad uh, course to race at and especially on this day the weather's very very bad there's a lot of rain uh, it doesn't look like a very safe time and it, this is like the 19, 1970s 1976 so they were like pretty much people used to die like every single race and it's it's pretty crazy um, so Nicolas is again similar to John McEnroe and Bjorn Borg so you could say Nicolas is similar to Bjorn Borg is that he's 
European um, is very precise. It's all about risk and all about these little things that make the difference. Uh, and very serious. It doesn't really go out much. And then you've got James Hunt, who you could compare to John McEnroe, who just goes out, um, womanizer, just drinks and smokes and drugs and that kind of a thing. But he's got the raw talent. Um, so he's racing. It's not about winning, really. It's just about it's about the actual racing and the adrenaline and pumping and not about risk and aerodynamics and all these other things that he may consider to be boring, I guess. Uh, written by Peter Morgan, directed by Ron Howard. Um, really great, really done well. Um, stars Olivia Wilde in it as well, um, as James Hunt's wife. Doesn't last very long, though. Stars so spoiler. Um, music by Hans Zimmer. Of course, everyone knows Hans Zimmer's quite, quite good, I guess. Uh, cinematography by Anthony Dodd-Mantle. It looks great, the film. Um, and editing is great as well. Um, I have to give that a number out of 10. Probably 7. Quite a good film, quite, as you would guess, adrenaline pumping. Um, and I actually have heard of Nicky Lauda, but I didn't know the, uh, the context and situation that happened um, but apparently the film just exaggerates certain things they apparently they're actually quite good mates in real life um, and they seem to do these things for the sake of drama I guess um, yeah. okay so the last film I saw last week was short term chore so 2013 American you would call it an indie drama film written and directed by Destin Daniel Cretton um, adapted from his short film of the same name, which was out in 2009, um, so four years gap between the two. It means, again, it's got another a huge ensemble cast, um, which is all great. Stars Brie Larson, um, you might know her as Captain Marvel. Also in The Room, if you haven't seen The Room, highly recommend that. And Free Fire as well, highly recommend that too. She plays Grace Howard, she's a supervisor of a, like a troubled home. Troubled home? A home for troubled teenagers, so essentially, if they're in the social system um, and they're going to be taken away from their home because of abuse or um, the parents have left them or they're in the orphanage or something, so they come to this home. I think it's called short-term travel because they're either there for a maximum of 12 weeks or 12 months or something. Um, so Brie Larson's character play is called Grace. Um, she's one of the supervisors along with uh, Mason, played by John Gallagher Jr., very well done. Uh, Rami Malik also. Um, plays Nate, so he's like the the new person that comes in to work there. Um, he kind of introduces himself to the kids at the start. They have like a morning debrief. He introduces himself and he says, "Okay, so I just come come out from high school or uni. Um, I just want to get a bit of life experience and work with in, underprivileged kids." Uh, and that causes a big uproar. You got Lakeith Stanfield, uh, who plays Marcus. Um, and he's like, oh, "What does underprivileged kids mean? What does that mean? Like, we're not here just for you to get some." life experience, like what does underprivileged even mean? Um, so, Lucky Stanfield, who is Marcus, um, he's, I think he's 18 or 16 or whatever, the cut off ages, and he's kind of going to leave. Um, obviously, they're all troubled kids, so they've all got their own stories of whatever it is, of like abuse or being separated from their siblings or whatever the situation is, um, drugs and violence and that kind of a thing. Um, so it kind of goes into Brie Larson's back so her character's backstory and that kind of thing. With um, the I guess another one of the new characters that comes into the the home is Caitlin Deaver, who plays Jaden. 
um, that America has from Booksmart. So she comes in, and I guess Brie Larson sees a bit of similarity between her story and Jaden's story. Um, it's quite a touching film. It's a, I guess it's a warm film. Um, obviously, it's talking about serious issues and like very sad issues, but I think it's a heartwarming film at the end of the day. Um, I think Brie Larson's character, her her character Grace does really well to actually manage these kids and show them that it's actually um, there are positives in, in, in the negatives they come from a pretty bad situation but um, they can make the most of it if they I guess adhere to the rules, they work hard, they do well um, and yeah you might also recognise Stephanie Beatrice uh, from Book and Nine also and a bunch of other people who who play the kids which um, they do they do really well I guess um, but yeah so yeah it was like I said indie film um, it was praised on its realism and intimacy um, which is it's done really great so it came out 2013 um, it's filmed in just 20 days just over 20 days it's, yeah it's actually done really well really good um it looks really great cinematography by brett Pollock. uh yeah highly recommend that probably say that a nine out of ten probably the best one from this week maybe possibly uh yeah yeah so short term travel is the last film i watched in july um we move on to the tv section just there wasn't a lot um kind of finished uh cam mayo's home entertainment service Big shout out to them. Uh, big shout out to Cameron Amir's film review, the BBC Radio Five Live program. Um, their TV show is just talking about um, films and TV that have come out. Obviously, corner time, people are at home. Uh, talk, I think they talked to Guillermo del Toro in the last episode. Um, talk about Chernobyl, which is on the list, and a bunch of other stuff which I have put on my list to watch in the future, hopefully. Um, if you don't have any recommendations, or you don't know what to watch, check it out. Um, and talked about this a little bit last month, I guess, in the last episode, but um, I finished it this this month. Um, so the series, The A Word, season two. So it's a BBC drama, um, follows a young boy, Joel, um, and his family as they cope with him having an autism diagnosis um, and came out in 2017 I think um, so I've just started watching it now and the third series is actually out um, and I've got it downloaded but um, we'll see where I go like it developed and written by Peter Barker Mocha Mocha um, so yeah uh, six episodes is pretty short um, but one and a half episodes each um, it's really good uh, it, it's very well shot and the music is great and Joel the kid with autism is quite into his music so, so the musical cues are really well done um it's a sensitive tv show um it's centered around him and the family and it just shows that not everything's perfect they have their good days they have their bad days they have their arguments they have their reconciliation um people make mistakes people get confused people get hurt people get broken people get ill um they get back together uh it's quite it's a quite quintessential British TV show. Um, it's set up in Yorkshire, 
Um, so you've got that kind of as a setting. Um, you've also got a lot of Manchester up there because um, they decided to move Joe to a more or less specialist school versus keeping him in a, the, the local normal school. So um, that takes a bit of a toll on the parents' relationship as well. Um, it's really great. Um, yeah, highly recommend it for anyone that's doesn't really know what to watch next um, and wants to watch this it's a really like well done TV show um, like I said only six, six episodes per series so yeah go for it if I had to give it a number out of ten um, I'm going to say like a seven and last but not least um, the BBC TV series Ambulance, um, season five, set in Liverpool. Um, so obviously this is a documentary series um, that follows the ambulance services in Merseyside, Northwest Ambulance, um, and kind of shows them. Every episode shows like the crews and what they have to deal with. Uh, talk about the I think the Cheltenham horse race. Um, I'm a medical student, so I'm quite interested in like the medical aspect of things, but it's just, uh, the interesting thing is the people, um, and that's the reason why we, and people like me, go into the jobs, and people that are paramedics go into the jobs that they go into. Obviously it's not for people that are squeamish, or um, there's a lot of swearing, obviously people have got hurt, and um, it is sad at some points, but I guess that's the reality of the job as well. Um, but yeah. It's set in Liverpool, like I said, so you've got the Scouse accent. Um, I actually went to Liverpool last year during, at the end of summer for a little bit of a holiday. I don't know if that's called a holiday, but I went there for a little bit of a break. And I actually really, really like the city, so got to see a little bit more. The, I guess you could say the good side and the bad side. Um, but it's, I guess it's about seeing the light and seeing the, the hope in the situations. Um, and interesting to see how they cope with the situations that they see uh, and the best part is obviously the people uh, like I was just mentioning like I said a couple of minutes ago and yeah if you are interested in this kind of thing or or you're just super super bored have a check out I'm probably not going to give this a rating but yeah it's um, narrated by Christopher Eccleston who's also in the A-Word, he plays the granddad in the A-Word, so if crossover there, it'd be interesting to hear his voice at some point. Um, yeah. And just a quick side note, uh, talk about some football I also watched, um, if anybody doesn't know yet, I am a Manchester United supporter, so but for some reason I watched City play, play Liverpool after they had won the league um, and City thrashed them which was quite nice to see don't really root for Manchester City but yeah um, although United had a good end to the season I would say uh, the semi-final, FA Cup semi-final versus Chelsea wasn't very great don't really know what Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was thinking um, but at the end of the day had a bit of a stressful was it Sunday? Sunday the 26th had a bit of a stressful couple of hours um, where United ended up third in the league which I will take 
pretty much any day of the week. And yeah, I think that wraps up the episode. If you see any of these, let me know your thoughts. Let's have a conversation about that. Uh, if you want to email me, it's mo.theanswer.gmail.com. Instagram is mzl underscore 18, and so is Twitter. I'll see you on there, peeps. Hope everyone takes care. Have a watch of these. Form um, your own opinions. And yeah, let me know any recommendations. What you've been watching during this corona lockdown. Obviously, we're getting out of it a little bit more. But yeah, hope everyone stays well, and I'll see you next time. Bye.